Welcome everyone to Orenthal Redux. We are re-releasing our original short series Orenthal with new editing and music. Three years ago, we started our podcast with this actual play, with no idea of where it would lead. Taking place over a hundred years before our current actual play adventures, our characters in Orenthal looked for clues and hunted for a secret foe who instigated devious plots within the city. And now on to the show. With me as always are the following players. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm going to be playing Sildan. He is a wood elf, way of the Kensei monk. Hi, this is Bethany. I'm playing Saria, an ASMR Order of the Immortal mystic. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm going to be playing Daryl, a human evocation wizard. Hello, I'm Nick. I'm going to be playing Tor, a dwarven inquisitive rogue. I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Kalima, the half-elf domain of the grave cleric. And we would all like to welcome you to Orenthal. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear the epilogue, where we go over what the party wants to do for the future of their characters. But now, here is Orenthal Redux, episode 15. Clearly, you have done much. Last time, the party faced off against Raleon in the fight for the fate of Orenthal. As they defeated this undead aberration, they destroyed the amulet that kept him alive, while healing up their allies and even reviving Tor. As they took stock of the outcome of the battle, Saria found a journal on Raleon, just as footsteps could be heard fast approaching up the stairs. As the footsteps get louder and louder, coming up the stairway, you first see Thoven and Tinwa and Ild falling right behind. You see all of them have weapons in hand. Thoven has his staff, and he seems to be just... They're all at the ready as they ascend the stairs. I'll say... Thoven, we need you to take a look at the queen. He just nods and gestures with Ild to go with him. They all ascend the stairs. All of you now see the three figures arrive on the scene. I guess when they get close to us, I'll explain and detected about her current state. Okay, can I kind of just explain what I saw in the moment that she went down? Yeah. Thoven looks Ild, this will be more to your expertise. I believe a greater restoration's in order. You see, uh, she kind of puts her, her war hammer away as I, all right, cracks her knuckles on her hands. Good thing I had that one ready for, for today then, huh? And she, she goes up and begins the incantation, placing both hands on Lady Kara. All three, by the way, look exhausted. And Tinua climbs the stairs and immediately catches your eye, Kalima, mm-hmm. and begins to walk right towards you and just says, report. Kalima just nod. Took care of Relion, the queen. I did what I could, but it was a little bit out of my toolbox. I believe everybody is accounted for at the moment, though. You believe the threat has passed? We believe what we think was the threat has passed. And Kalima will point over to the where Varal is standing by the, the robes. Uh, we took care of Relion. So point to Shamar and not as openly kind of motion to Captain Marsk, the immediate threats have been taken care of. Very good. And she softens up a little bit and kind of smiles at you and just says, I'm glad you're alright. 
I'm glad you're all right as well, because I haven't seen you in a few days, and, um... Well, someone had to take care of Ild and all her terrible drinking habits. Cleo finally <laughs> smile a little bit as she's looking at Ild, like, cracking her knuckles, doing the, the healing, and you're like, yep. It's a little can, can I, um, speak telepathically to Sildon really quickly? <laughs> Apparently she has friends, it's just not us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ild releases divine magic that courses through Lady Kara's body, and her eyes begin to open. Hey, it's alright, your highness. You'll be fine now, just take a few seconds to breathe. Your brain's coming back to normal, from what he tells me, and she just gestures towards Thovin who is just kind of scanning the room overall. Daryl, you recognize that it seems like he cast a detect magic. After Antinua stops kind of talking to her, I think Kalimba would uh, kind of go over and lean against the wall and take a healing potion herself. As all this is happening, Thoven walks over towards the back wall where you initially saw the, the small flash of light and where Lady Car and the children appeared and seems to be examining uh, something there and just says, looks like a sort of teleport." Glyph. Interesting. Can I help so, in some way? Oh, yeah, I would, I would like to. <laughs> Sorry, uh, and, and Daryl. Um, with your detect magic <laughs> still up, Daryl, you do detect that there is uh, magic coming from a small glyph on the wall. Okay. Uh, can I walk over to it next to him and kind of inspect it as well? Yeah, make an arcana check. Alright. Uh, sorry, you can do the same. I rolled a 24. 23. <laughs> So both of you are able to recognize that this seems to be a glyph that links to another in a sort of uh, teleportation type of effect. Anyway, he turns to look at the rest of you. There's guards coming here very soon, and I'm sure he gestures towards you, Saria, and Sildan. You two are aware of the bounty on you. How do we clear our names quickly? We'll need to speak with King Rain, and he kind of lists looks over at uh, Lady Kara, who is now hugging both her children. I'm sure they'll help. It won't take long. It'll just be a matter of making sure you get your, your say in with all your allies here backing you up. Okay. Are uh, all of the ambassadors okay? He looks towards uh, Antinua and Ild, and Ild looks really mad at this and just goes, That stupid high elf Galindan Galanadel was not Galindan Galanadel. Apparently, he's nowhere to be found. Nemetsk is fine. He's up in his room somewhere. But Galandan never showed. So we still have someone unaccounted for then. Thovin just shakes his head. I believe that entity was Galandan. That's how he got into the city. Relion was? He just nods. Oh. <sighs> this whole thing is further reaching than I think we even realized. It concerns me that... He either intercepted Galandan along the road, or he got to him in Solana. So this is just the tip of the iceberg? It's possible. For now, I suggest we clear your name so that you two can move about freely. Yeah, I don't want to be wanted for murder any more than I need to be. Can I speak to Captain Marsk briefly, uh, telepathically? Yes. And I'll just say, we have a lot to discuss. We have a lot of time to do it. Just take what time you need. You see, like, a fake smile kind of for a moment, and just, I'm not sure I'm about to be let away as scot-free as you all. I guess we'll see. It's okay. These things take time. She nods. Tor, is there anything else you want to do? Is Thrall still kind of doing what he was doing before? You look up, 
and he's not there. <sighs> totally within character. <laughs> Tor, as you look up, you realize Vral is nowhere to be seen. Hmm. I turned to Gerbo here next to me. Glad you made it through all right. Eh, I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised. He smirks at that a bit. And by the way, as this is going on, I'm doing some Thieves Cant. So what are you saying in Thieves Cant? Need to meet with you, Rawl, and Thovin privately. Thovin will understand what I mean by privately. You have a quick response of where, when. Soon, dealer's choice. Gerber responds in Thieves Cant, he'll be in touch. Tor just nods. So as all of you are talking, you hear a lot of footsteps suddenly coming up the spiral staircase. Heavy footfalls, definitely sounds like armored people. And coming up towards the top to meet all of you, you see about a dozen guards led by an older woman, uh, scarred up and having only one arm that most of you would know is the War Master, War Master Jelana. I just put my hands up. I will say that I am declaring my innocence, but I will respect the laws of the land. She looks amongst all of you, and eventually her eyes fall to Thoven, and just nods and says, Alright, I'm mainly here to collect Saria and Sildan for the crime of murder against a master of Zoxiara's. With which we will explain. You do not need to explain to me. I'm bringing you before Justicator Amastasia immediately. Will we be able to bring witnesses to demonstrate our innocence? The two of you will come with us, the rest can follow. And she turns to Lady Kara and seems to inspect her for a minute before just nodding. Captain Marsk, what are I believe you should come with me as well. And Marsk, you had noticed she had dropped her sword some time ago. Seems to be just leaving it, just walks up to Warmaster Jelana with both hands in front of her and just says, Whatever you need, Warmaster. I'm assuming you all go with... Yes, yep. Kalima would ask Antinua where to find her, basically, once this is done, or if she's coming as well. I'm coming as well. I want to see this through. Making sure. Of course. I figured you would as well. I was assigned to them, so I should at least finish what we started. She's our friend! (laughs) If you say that, Kalima just, like, rolls an eye, like, (laughs) yeah. They do ask for your weapons. No! I will hand my my swords to Kaliba. Agreed. I, and I say, I know that you'll return these to me once we get this all sorted out. And yes, of course. Thank you. And then I will... Oh, thanks, buddy. A cross between, like, <laughs> dagger eyes, but, like, you could tell she's trying not to smile and, like, she's like, oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> all right. So who is not coming with us? I assume the queen and her children and someone staying with them. You know several of the guards are actually, like, staying with them right now. Okay. So you follow uh, Wardmaster Jelana down the stairs and across the courtyard through the Regent's Seat District. Most of the houses here are... Fancy. Really nice. Uh, these are all the noble families, all the ones that are essentially govern the individual districts. Sorry, I was going to say to Daryl, do not spit on their doorsteps. I know you're thinking it too. <laughs> Fine. And as you come up to the... The massive stone door, solid bands of adamantine crisscrossing along it. And you can tell Mithril as well of the, across this light gray stone that Ooh. opens up before you. You then proceed up the steps into the palace proper, passing artwork and statues all around you. There is 
a heavy amount of wealth in this place. Are they uh, statues of like historical figures I would recognize? Yes, uh, they're they're fairly well known. Most of them are uh, the different kings mm-hmm. who have ruled over the Vremer Empire. Are they all named Rain? <laughs> they are all Rain. <laughs> Six of them are Vremer Rain. Wait, we're on Vremer Rain the seventh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. You would also know based off just you have a history of the Orenthal. Many of these yeah. kings took the name Vremer Rain after the first Vremer Rain. Makes sense. Passing through, Kalima, you recall this initial path, but instead of going uh, through a side passage that led to one of the small rooms you had before, you proceed straight into the main throne room. Massive gold, red, and silver columns rise up to meet a ceiling roughly 80 feet above your heads. A huge mosaic windows behind two large golden thrones of immense elegant design, gems encrusted along the throne itself, and seated on one throne you see a rather well-built, older human male, a patch over one eye, a large golden crown, elegant red and silver noble clothing, a massive shield on one side of the throne and a large sword on the other. And immediately around him, you see Thoven and Tinwa and Ild, though they walk with you as well. And there is a moment of surprise as this uh, the figure on the throne looks at those beside him and then back to your group. And he just calls out, Thoven, what is the meaning of this? To which Thoven steps forward. My apologies, your highness. This was necessary as we were not sure which of the ambassadors were the target of this. They are simulacrum, created by myself and a few members of the academy. You then notice the king does not look particularly happy, but he uh, then gestures towards the side in which Kalima, you recognize, head justicator Amastasia, who's essentially, like, directly under the king, the head of the legal system within Orenthal. Quick clarification. So the Thoven who spoke is the one who's with us, not the one, the one who's, who's by with the you. Yes. We got the real thing. Cool. Just checking. Amastasia is a rather plain looking uh, half elven woman wearing simple but nice robes, though uh, very piercing blue eyes. As she comes forward and uh, steps right beside the king, she looks uh, towards you, Sarya, and Sildan as you are kind of gestured forward with a small retinue of guards surrounding you. As you kind of all enter this room, you see dozens upon dozens of guards uh, lining the, the other sides of the pillars. You two are kind of gestured forward. I will go forward. <laughs> yeah, I'll walk a little bit forward. The rest of you kind of are, are kept back a good, like, 15, 20 feet from them as they're pushed a little bit closer to the king. Head Justicar Amastasia then calls out, You two were accused of the crime of murder against a master of Zoxiara's. Due to what we have heard recently from trusted members of the court and allies to the Vremer Empire, we are allowing you an immediate trial in order to explain what occurred in your own words. So, which of you would like to speak first? We are innocent of the crime of killing Noah Lightglide. Instead, we killed an intellect devourer who had taken control of his body and was preparing to murder innocent people. And you have the proof of this? We can 
produce Intellect Devourer to show you this abomination is just one of several that have taken control of innocent people in the city. And tragically, once that's happened, we can't save them. We just had to prevent them from harming innocents. And I'll show the whatever this, I don't know, pile of goo is that's the Intellect Devourer. Uh, the one that you had, Saria, was the one that you had essentially sliced cleanly in Oh, half. okay. So it just looks like a braid that's been severed. <laughs> with, with two legs like, on either side. Okay. I will uh, offer that out. <laughs> There's a moment of tension as initially as all the guards kind of like have a hand on the weapon as they stare at this thing as you just hold it out. Yes. Yeah. I just hold it out and I'll say, and uh, the rest of our party members can, can vouch for vouch for that fact. Judicator Amastasia, her steely eyes like fall to you first, Sildan. What can you say of running up and striking at Noah as many individuals said you attacked him without provocation? Did you know the intellect of Aura was in his head before you struck him? I had initially spotted the man, and when I went up to confront him, uh, his first reaction was to tell me that if I do not leave him alone, I there will be uh, a massive loss of life. And he proceeded to cast a spell, which looked to be a fire-based sort of explosion spell. She looks past the two of you and towards you, Daryl. Student Daryl Mavis, step forward. Yes, Judicator. You were the apparent favorite of this Noah. Would you concur that the spell he was casting was of, how did you put it, fire in origin? Yes, that's correct. Judicator, I was not present when that happened. However, I did see the aftermath and the intellect devourer that came out of him. So their story does ring true based on everything else that we've seen. She just stares at you for a minute. And what is your feeling on the death of your master? I feel it's a great loss to the Academy. He was a great man who taught me quite a bit, and he will definitely be missed. His, his life wasn't ended by us. He was already gone. Correct. That's how the intellect devourers seem to work. They take possession of the person and remove or devour their brains. So even though their body moves, they're but a hollow shell of their former selves. Not really alive. I would like a persuasion check from Saria and Daryl. Okay, it's a 24 from me. I got a 6. I also wish to speak with uh, Kalima. She'll step forward, yes. You have no stake within any of the hierarchy within the Vremer Empire or within Orenthal. Can you corroborate their story? I can. We have dealt with several of these intellect devourers. That was one that has come out of somebody, and uh, we have seen that they tend to enter the body or host, destroying what would be that person as we know them, and controlling their body as a vessel of sorts. So the vessel is essentially dead once the creature has taken hold. Yes. She looks towards King Rain, who just stares at each of you. It seems like he's trying to see if he believes you or not. For the sake of brevity, several other people come forward and speak, uh, including Thoven and Tinwa. And at one point, even uh, Headmistress Zinevere arrives to speak on your behalf. And she states that during an investigation to which Thoven had warned her about, she found 
three different glyphs underneath the podium, which after inspection, she determined that they were symbols of death. Each symbol had a radius of 60 feet, which would deal massive amounts of damage to anyone in the area. It seemed whatever it was had a specific trigger, but thanks to Thoven's warning, uh, which was thanks to the five of you, they were able to successfully dispel the magics of her and a few of the other masters of the academy. After some time, Lady Kara and her children are even brought in. This is over the course of... Hours. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they even speak on your behalf. Oren... At one point, just talking about you, Sildan, and saying that you were so cool. No. Uh, <laughs> and when all is said and done, King Remorain stands up and says, Clearly, you have done much. As for the crimes you are accused of, you are innocent. You are all free to go. And I personally would like to give each of you thanks for saving my wife and children. He does ask you also, where will you be staying in the next couple of days? I would like to honor you more publicly for your service to this empire. Oh, I'm, that's really not necessary. I'll be at the Nickel Granger Tavern or at the Academy. Looks to you, Tor. I currently have lodging planned at the Running Pickaxe Inn. However, I am flexible at this point in time. It's more of where you may be reached. Uh, running pickaxe in would, is where I intend to be in that case. Very well. <laughs> he turns to you, Daryl, at the academy, I presume? Of course. Then to you, Sildan? I'll either be at the barracks where I've been staying recently or at the Nickel Granger Inn as well for me. And he turns first to you, Kalima, and then to Antinwa. I presume <laughs> that you would stay within the palace as was planned. And Tina just looks to you and just nods. Kalima just Very has well. the straight, normal face of just like, dude, that's my superior. Talk to her, not me. And he turns towards Captain Marsk now. Captain, for the time being, you will be put under guard until it can be confirmed that you are no longer under the control of these whispered ones. You are free to have visitors under controlled situations. And that is all for now. She just kind of quietly nods and seems accepting. At this, he turns to the rest of you. Thank you again. And you can join back in on the celebrations in the city. We'll have to choose tomorrow then to honor Thoven uh, as we finish clean up in here. But which Thoven? (laughs) He looks back and forth and the exhausted looking Thoven beside you just gives you a side eye <laughs> and a slight smile. I will hold on. I'm gonna give him a wink. Roll kind charisma. Wink, Roll the wink. <laughs> Roll. Oh wink. gosh. The total of ten. It's one of the better winks she's done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's not totally awkward. <laughs> so, Thoven then does a uh, slight head bow towards King Rain and says, "Thank you, Your Highness. We will." get out of your way and allow you to conduct business and kind of gestures to the rest of you to follow him out. I will follow him out. I will follow uh, him out. Follow and Tinwa and Ild go with you guys. Captain Marsk and Gerbo uh, remain and Gerbo just kind of calls out, I'll come see you guys later okay. and just heads up to speak with the king and the court. So you guys proceed out of the palace being escorted out. 
And as you are being brought out of the uh, Regent Seat District, you see immediately beyond the doors Cha, Atron, Elsis, and Lily Aww. all waiting hey. for you. How bad do we look right now, by the way? Do we look like really overall pretty rough? Like, are we scared? You look pretty rough. You look like. Yeah, yeah you look like you just came out of a, a pretty bad fight. Oh, okay. Well, I guess nothing to be done about that. <laughs> Thanks to a lot of healing, though. I mean, you're overall looking all right, but... Most okay. of us. You guys haven't had a chance to clean up or anything. Yeah. And there's probably some kind of scar for getting one shot by a death ray. Yeah. <laughs> Do you look at your chest? Don't look. There's a, there's a constant <laughs> tightness, by the way. You you actually have a little difficulty breathing. Perhaps now, having gotten out of the, the, the royal chamber, uh, I, I would take a moment to look down. Alright, so you see the skin on your chest is blackened and cracked. Cool. Cha runs at you, Sildan, and just hugs you. I'll give her a little love back. And uh, both Elsis and Atron, a little more more poised, kind of just bow towards you. Lily rushes up to all of you and says, I'm so glad you guys are okay, because I heard that I, uh, when the, the, the warrant came in, and they were asking about, about you, I was really worried, and then I found out about Noah, and I didn't know what to do, and and is, it's, is it's Gerbo okay? It's okay. Gerbo's fine. He's talking to the king. We're all okay. Tor died, but now he's not dead. Everything's fine. You see Kalima just, like, pinching the bridge of her nose, like... <laughs> she looks at, at Tor's like, you were dead? What happened? That sounds... Ooh, that sounds scary. How are about, you okay? How about... We're a little... We're a little worn out. How about we fill you in... Well, we all can sit down and rest for Ild a bit. steps forward at this point and just goes, I, I think we could all use a drink on me. Come on. Running pickaxe is nearby. Sounds good. I am totally Ooh. up for that, Ild. Yep. <laughs> and while Kalima is also saying that she's going to uh, offer back the weapons to Saria yes. and Zodan. So Zodan will take his sword back and he'll, he'll just be like, thank you very much, Kalima. I'll boop her in the forehead and I'll kind of wrap an arm around her. Like, let's go. So, you all go to the running pickaxe. It's probably approaching noonish by this point because of how long the entire, like, yeah. trial took. I guess, uh, sorry, we'll turn to Tor and say, So, are you, like, are you okay? Did you see stuff on the other side? Not really, but it's still fascinating for the two, for a moment, have been, in a way, the subject of my research. Yeah, I guess that it's really an up-close-and-personal experience, for sure. Yep. An enthusiastic nod, like he's he's actually kind of excited about it. Probably. Hey, maybe it'll help with your research. I think around this time, Kalima's, because she can hear some of this. It's yeah, yeah, we're all walking together. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, yeah, not many people experience the dying part and being brought back. And she's going to give him a, like, kind of a stern line and be like, I brought you back because Kelimvort doesn't approve of those who are killed by the undead. So keep that in mind with your studying, and hopefully it won't happen again. Yes, um, once was enough. I do appreciate the save, regardless of where the mandate was. <laughs> so who else is with us besides the party, Tony? Elsa, Satran, Cha, Thoven, Ild, and Antinwa. Can I sign up to Thoven? Oh, <laughs> or is Daryl already there? <laughs> he has two sides, yeah. just so you know. Daryl, are you already there? Oh, yeah, we're, we're discussing books and such. You can sidle up to the other side of Thoven. I will sidle around Thoven to the other side in a really not awkward manner. I'll wait until there's a like a lull in the conversation where Daryl has to take a breath. 
So, what's with the other version of you and Antinua and Ild? Ah, it is a defensive measure that I've found to be useful at times if one is the target of an attack. It requires an inordinate amount of ice or snow, and you essentially make a copy of yourself. So he's literally a copy of you? He cannot learn. He can't heal. He has a lot of the experience that I have, but essentially, yes, he is in many ways a copy of me. Doesn't that scare you? No. You don't feel a a loss of your individuality by having another self out there? Because I can learn and adapt. He cannot. What are you going to do with them? Well, they were intended to be a defensive measure. Uh, I can always dispel the magic for Ilden and Tinwa if they do not want theirs around. To which Ild kind of pipes up, Aye, it's creepy. Please get rid of the other me. (laughs) (laughs) Do do they have souls? They do not. Oh, okay. They are animated by magic, but they are not living. So you could make them of anyone? Like you could make one of Daryl? Yes, as long as Daryl remained within the the area of the spell for 12 hours. 12 hours? (laughs) (laughs) He looks at you with very tired eyes. That makes sense now. Well, I began the spell very soon after the initial assumption that one of us was the target. Thanks to the help of Zinavir and a few of the other masters who know the spell, we were able to get enough done. Wow. Well, I guess it turns out they weren't necessary. I guess that's a relief. That it is. I'd rather waste a powerful spell that I don't need than... Than die, basically. Yes. Uh, by this point, you guys are arriving at the, the tavern. Sildan, what are you up to? Kind of just talking with my little ones, and so from now on, I'm thinking maybe I will start increasing the speed at which I train you guys. I think it's been long enough having just one master. They kind of turn to you a little confused. What, what do you mean, just one master? I mean, if, and I, I have an inclination that this is just the beginning of something, I want us to be prepared, so I'm going to start training you guys a little harder to actually be capable of some of the things that I currently am, and you will become masters eventually in your own right. You see three very determined faces stare back at you, and they just nod. Tor would mention to Daryl, considering um, donating the original copy of my research to Zoxiara's Academy... I'm, and then transcribing an additional copy to send back to the Thessan Kingdom. So, just to let you know, that resource will be there. Oh, excellent. By about this point, with all this conversation, you guys are, are at the tavern, but you you notice Ild kind of, like, gesture all of you towards, like, a few tables that uh, she kind of pushes together and just calls forward Mardred and just <laughs> asks for rounds. Just keep supplying rounds. Anytime she sees... <laughs> A cup empty. Just bring another one around, and it will be on on the uh, the Thessan Kingdom. The place is is still pretty full with a lot of different dwarves in here. There's almost constant noise around you. So, uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up during this somewhat more relaxing? Kalima would try to sit between basically like Antenua and Eld, just so that if Antenua needed to tell her something or something she you know she's right there but also because like she wanted to sit down and have a drink with ild that was like her goal the first night she got there 
You notice Ild actually seems to get a specific mug for you, Kalima, and you recognize it's dwarven ale that she's sliding towards you. Nice. Ooh. I clink <laughs> my glass with hers and drink. Considering your first conversation, she she made sure you got some of the strong stuff and clinks and drinks one with you. Aye, it's about time, isn't it? Yep. It's been a long, what, two days? Three days? After a little bit of time and, and a few drinks, uh, Antinua just kind of casually mentions to you, I think we'll stay around a little bit, make sure the city's alright. From there, we'll figure out what we need to do next. I'm sure the Nephany will contact us. As you wish. I'm assigned to you, and I hope to be able to work perhaps in the lower districts a bit more. They look like they could use some help. I agree. And do one other thing for me, Kalima. Mm-hmm. Relax a little. I think Sorry would sort of just try to feel out kind of like where everybody is, like on what the next steps are. So during the general discussion, Thoven would kind of respond, Well, I suggest taking a couple days to recover, if anything. From That's there, fair. we study what we can about these entities, about the Far Realm, and figure out any more hideouts of these Whispered Ones. Yeah, we have a lot of indications that the Whispered Ones are a far-reaching influence. This is just one cell? Well, considering this was referred to as, yeah, one sect of their overall group, I'm sure there's more out there. Well, I'm pretty committed to taking care of this threat. I can't speak for everyone else, of course. I would also like to help out in any way that I can. Me as well. I look to my superior. She smiles. I suppose we could help out. We'll have to check back in before we do, but really don't like the idea of little brain creatures in someone else's head. You know what's worse than the idea of it? Actually seeing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It would seem this is just the beginning of strange creatures. We're likely to see new varieties in the future. Seems the realms are opening a bit. I would say at this point, we're not really prepared for dealing with these threats, and we need to be. I've had thoughts to do some training of my own, do some teaching of my own, but not here. Everything here is too political. Sounds like a good job for your simulacrum. Perhaps. I do agree with you. This threat needs to be dealt with. The world needs to be prepared for whatever else is coming at us. It's going to be a long road. Well, if you ever need some space, it's a little rundown and we need some repairs, but the Monastery of Kakos has a lot of room. I appreciate it. And as far as it being a long road, I've lived for a few centuries. I still have several ahead of me. I'm up for the long haul. Yeah, I don't know what the future holds for me, but I'm uh, definitely just going to do what needs to be done, try to help people, try to learn. Spend time in the library with Daryl. Yeah, definitely want to learn more about what we've been facing. Maybe find some kind of solution to it. Before we all part ways, then, I will go to the academy and see if I can either make or acquire some sending stones. Keep all of us in touch. That'd be great. I'm not quite ready to leave Orenthal yet. I have some unfinished business with uh, Captain Marsk. We have some conversations we need to have. I'm sure. At one point while you're all talking, Marja Dankel will, will come up to you and, and question you about what happened and what you found. Tor would explain what happened and, and also focus on the fact that, you know, the, the untimely loss of Olma did at least lead him down the path to help stop what was going on. And also that Olma's uh, 
journey to the afterlife was paid. She gets quiet and she nods and, and thanks. And considering the, the brief story you told her, she essentially offers you all one round on the house in thanks for informing her of what happened. I toast to all who have been lost recently. How about to those who still live? A big cheer from Ill. I. She clangs her mug on the table. Here, here. <laughs> here, here. Here, here. Uh, yes. Sorry, I want to ask uh, Daryl and uh, Thoven, did Noah have any family? Anyone he was taking care of or anything like that? No, he he, he had the academy. That was his family. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure there wasn't there wasn't anyone relying on him that would be without, I mean, aside from students. I'm sure it'll be pretty devastating when Thoven breaks the news to the, to the rest of the academy. Sorry, I'm being a doubter. Enjoy your ale, everyone. <laughs> Thoven just kind of sips at the ale a little bit and just says, It's hard not to be a downer right after a particularly difficult time. The key is then to honor those who have fallen and do your best to move on and stop it from happening again. You're right. Well said. Kaliba's the happiest we've seen her, I think. Yeah. (laughs) She was told to relax. She's trying very hard. Yes. (laughs) It's also how many glasses was that? Programming. (laughs) Yeah, how many glasses has she had? You guys, I mean, unless you don't drink fairly regularly, you've had quite a few of dwarven ale. Oh, I'm being very conservative. I know my weaknesses. Oh, I'm being super conservative. Kalima's yeah. yeah. just drinking. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, Kalima's like, right. whatever, man. <laughs> like, whatever. I was. Kalima's definitely tipsy by this point. Yeah. What does a what does a tipsy Kalima look like? She might let you braid her hair. <gasps> <gasps> Can I braid your hair? <laughs> you won't rip your arms off if you try. No. <laughs> I won't ask. I'll. I'm gonna read the room. It's not the right time. And as the hours pass, all of you drink and go over your experiences over the past few days. As this group of adventurers can finally breathe a small sigh of relief to know that at least for now, the whispered ones have been stopped. As you discuss what the future might hold for all of you, at least for now, you know that you were all successful in saving the people of Orenthal. Thank you all so much for listening to our Orenthal campaign. Feel free to find us on Twitter at Rules is Written. Send me a message at dm at dndraw.com or check out our other episodes and leave a comment or review on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. So thank you again for listening, and I hope to see you in Orenthal. Before we begin, I'm just going to go over, all the characters will individually go over what their short-term goals are, so for the next few days or so. Then they'll jump into what they plan to do for their long-term goals for their characters, the stuff that their characters will take the next weeks, months, and years, and even the rest of their lives to attempt to accomplish. Now before we begin that, one of the things I wanted to mention is Captain Marsk, at first, during the short term of everybody, is under house arrest. 
any of them can visit her at any point, and eventually she will be released, however, stripped of all of her titles and authority within the Vremer Empire. And so, we will jump right into this. First, Saria. I am going to go to Alethra's family, because I know she had a family she was supporting. Yes. And give them some money, maybe like 20 gold of what I have, and my sympathies. It's a very sad moment when you arrive, of course. A few kids, and she did have a brother who seems to be kind of trying to to take care of them in light of everything that happened. He graciously accepts your gold, and when you initially go, he, he offers you a meal or something while you're there, just... And thanks, because he does know you helped Alethra out. I tried. So so I'll give them that gold. And I have a question. Do I have any sense for... I know they're, they're rebuilding the Angela Pipes. Do I know who's in charge of that, leading that effort? Yes. You would know that in terms of the rebuilding effort, overall, the person ultimately in charge is head judicator Amastasia. I will go and give her the rest of my money and say that I want it to be used for rebuilding. And I trust she'll use it wisely, and I don't really need it. Roll persuasion. 16. She thanks you for, for the donation to the reconstruction efforts and uh, promises that she will put it to good use. Yeah, I'll ask her not to not to tell anyone. She agrees to your request. So otherwise, I'm just going to spend my time helping Daryl with the, uh, the research. Mm-hmm. And is Captain Marsk still being held, or does she get cleared in the next couple of days? During the next couple of days, they're doing an investigation on her, so you can go and visit her at Royal Barracks, if you wish. Yeah, I'll go and, and most mostly just to listen, just so she can vent, I guess, <laughs> about <laughs> the horrible, horrible things that happened to her. Just, like, go and say, like, hey, do you want to talk? I'm, I'm here to listen. That sort of thing. The first day, she seems uncertain, kind of, about what you want, really. You get the impression she wonders if there's another angle to this, but... After some time, she starts to first ask you questions. Ask you, what was it like for you? Yeah, I'll be pretty transparent at this point. I mean, the story's already out there, so I'll just tell her what happened and how I'm trying to use it for good now. She goes into a similar story. Fulmar trained her and in her mind took care of her in the only way that she ever knew. Captain Mars never... What's her first name? Kethra. Kethra. Okay, Kethra. Kethra Marsk mentions that she was trained by Fulmer, and as far as she knew, this was how people were were raised. She never understood any differently, and there was always a constant pressure on her mind. Growing up, she always had this headache, and only with the realization that what Raleon was did she realize that he was using his power to maintain a hold on her? This is mostly what you kind of pick up during the conversation. You realize in many, many ways she is mentally very broken. I'll tell her that maybe after you know, after she gets out, um, maybe I can help her and teach her some ways to protect herself mentally. She kind of nods and thanks. She asks you if Fulmar was your only teacher as well. Yeah. She then brings up that there was someone else, she never learned the name, who, after she was old enough, Fulmar said that her training would be expanded and taught her how to fight like a monk. 
but she's fairly certain now, considering what this group was like, that that person is dead. But she kind of gestures to you at one point and just says that the journal you have should tell you more. When I'm on my own by myself, I'll take some time to really read through the journal. Yeah, so my long-term goals, rehabilitate Captain Marsk. You know, she's a little broken. I want to help her out. I want to find out if any of the other experiments at the Conclave survived. So it seems like going there and checking the place out, see if anyone's there is a good place to start. And um, in general, I'm just trying to find others with psionic powers so that I can determine whether they're threats or if they could be recruited to help fight the Whispered Ones because I want to take them out and uh, just protect innocent people from other similar threats. So uh, basically, the the, the jur- long journey would start with the first step of, of getting Kethra Mars to go with me to investigate the Conclave and see what we could find out about what happened to the others. At this point, also, all of you uh, who would want to keep in touch with each other and with Thovin would have sending stones. Oh, I'll keep in touch, all right. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Whether we want you to or not. <laughs> so it, it is a few days travel to get to the Conclave. During all this time, you mentioned also that you were uh, going through the journal. And yes. overall for that, you did discover, like, the journal seems to start not long after Raleon came to the material plane. He describes this place as essentially ripe for the picking, as the mines here are weak and very malleable. There are references to Zenoth. As Raleon grew older and older, there's indication that he decided to make a deal with this shadow dragon for the secrets to immortality. In exchange, Raleon would teach this Zenoth how to open portals to other planes. The great and powerful Zenoth could then essentially stretch his minions and his empire across the entire multiverse, was the dragon's hope. Through this, there's there's some indication that you get that they started this group to praise the Whispered One, that they would refer to themselves as the Whispered Ones. They would keep quiet. There's there's little hints that the the concept of the whispered ones was the idea of the being able to speak telepathically, and you eventually do get uh, more recent information as well. One indicating that that he did capture a monk from this monastery nearby, and the master of the monastery took notice and would have to be dealt with, which you assume would be Beryl. Eventually, you do get to a portion of the journal that describes 42 different experiments with 42 different subjects. Each the experiment slightly different, but all was harvested from a particular celestial. Oh. So this one celestial oh. was essentially captured and uh, restrained, and they utilized its essence because they hoped to create uh, perfect physical beings that they could use and control. Of these experiments... The indication is 41 were failures. You do find yours eventually, and under yours, there are subtle indications that he utilized his own psychic abilities to kind of try and poke and prod you. And then much, much later, there are very, very recent notations of Melika, of Zelix, discussing your strange abilities with Raleon. And Raleon wondering if this experiment caused those abilities to manifest. 
you do see an odd uh, a couple of experiments towards the end it mentions like and it was disposed of but about four were the phrasing is different where there's an implication that the experiment might not have been killed but might have actually been but might have actually escaped it says the subject is no longer with us where it mentions (laughs) and it was dealt with rather than it was terminated whereas of the of the total of 42 one only one was mentioned as success you were specifically written off as having escaped but four Mm -hmm. seem more unclear so you do get the impression that there might be more people who uh, were part of this experiment throughout it you also do get indication of a couple of other conclaves one deep underneath the ground near solana another near the Thessalon kingdom within the Cragged Peaks uh, to the north. You also get an indication that the Celestial that they used was not killed and had escaped as well. I guess basically, Saria would try to follow up on all these leads, still making trips back to Orenthal to, you know, visit the library, meet with Thovin and Daryl, maybe visit Sildan sometimes. (gasps) (laughs) Try not to bother Kalima and Tor too much. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to be restrained about it. (laughs) And Overall, I guess she would just keep trying to increase her powers and and help Captain Marsk, you know, sort of get back to some sort of, I don't know, healthy mental state and teach her how to, like, protect herself from mental intrusions and just figure things out as she goes. Okay. I guess that would be the plan. So, for much of your journey, you travel across the realm and Kethra Marsk uh, does join you for much of this. And Thovin does on occasion as well. Particularly when you go after particular conclaves uh, that you know of. Oh, oh, and I would send the journal to Daryl uh, at the library. Once you were done? After I've, after I've read it, yeah. Sweet. And over the course of the next few years, Thoven mentions he wants to train others to protect them against these threats, starting his own academy of sorts, away <gasps> from everything Ooh. else. But he does join you and help you pretty much any point that he is free to do so. Many of these different quests you go on, Catherine Marsh joins you as well. Uh, but sometimes when you do return to Orenthal, she does take some time to go to the monastery. Over the years that follow, Saria spends much of her time hunting down the group that made her who she is. And being such a wide and far-reaching group, and very secretive, while you find several of their conclaves, find several of their bases, and are able to take out some that you find along the way, she will be searching to make sure that they are all gone. So what winds up happening with that will have to remain a little unclear. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. Tor. On the topic of Captain Marsk, I I don't think Tor was like really that close to her, but it, it probably would make sense that he'd go to visit her once just to thank her for giving him opportunities when really there weren't many out there for him and to wish her well. Overall, she's pretty quiet during your meeting, but she does kind of say like, well, I was happy I could help someone. During the majority of this time, while waiting for that fateful meeting he set up to happen, he'd be uh, in his room in the tavern, transcribing that additional copy of the research to send back to the Thessan kingdom, and in fact would ask Ild... Mm -hmm. If maybe she could take it back with her. Uh, yeah, she tells you, like, yeah, no problem. And he, he would also write a, uh, a letter, particularly to uh, Garam Melwall, mm-hmm. 
citing the honors received recently, and of course, also the circumstances that originally caused him to go insane, more or less, in that council chamber those years back. Definitely uh, kind of rubbing it in a bit, including any samples provided, and mentioning, of course, that this is a copy of the, of the research, not the original, which has been donated to Orenthal, kind of a side dig, and deciding not to request reinstatement into the Melwall clan, but to remain simply as Tor. So, long-term goals. Okay. First order of business. Probably someone gets in touch with him. Within less than a 10-day, you do get a meeting with Gerbo and Thoven. Vral does not attend. Okay. I assume you eventually indicate what it is you want, and Thoven does uh, cast and dispels the the magic around you. It lasts for some time. So you, you have an idea of how long it'll last, but you're not 100% okay. sure. So, going back to the deals made with Biagosto, he's going to accept her offer, and he's going to try to take her down from inside her network, so to speak, and anything they can do to help that along, he would appreciate. Gerba will indicate that as Spymaster of Orenthal, he will happily help in defending Orenthal in any way, shape, or form and the Remer Empire, but going on the offensive against someone like Bai, even infiltrating, could cause more damage than potentially help, in his opinion. Tor would stress that she is a very dangerous wild card who, at a moment's notice, could work against Orenthal and that she'd be a worthy threat to neutralize. Gerbo will say, if you do intend to infiltrate, if you ever get the chance to report to him, he would appreciate that as any threat to the Empire would like to be known. However, he himself won't be able to do much as she is supposedly a very, very, very old extraplanar entity. And that doesn't tend to be his area of expertise. Tor does promise to uh, to report in whenever possible, so uh, without blowing the cover. Thoven, meanwhile, would explain he does not feel threatened by Bai. Be a bit taken aback, Tor would. Uh, come again? He explains that Bai focuses on the individual and gives them a choice that they could decline. Thoven, however continues on to say that he will be focused on the Whispered Ones, who clearly intend to do great harm to others. That's where his priorities lie. I'll tell you, if you do find out anything, or any threats, they'd be happy to help. But as she is as conniving as she seems to be, any indication on their part that they are going to try and stop her could just cause her to disappear. Very well. I think that pretty much covers it. Shortly after that meeting, the rest of you would get a message from Gerbo saying Tor does intend to go after Bai. I will tell him, I think it seems like a bad idea. There are other things you can spend your life on, because this seems like a suicide mission. It's also research into threats that could affect our, our world soon. Well, I guess it's, it is your choice. So then we kind of like, I mean, if... If you're going into this deal just for research purposes, then maybe it's something worth pursuing. But if you're going in it to take down Biagosto, if she poses no threat currently to us, there's no reason to. And that's my opinion, at least. Daryl would be 
more or less of the same opinion. If it's, it's for just for research, he would be interested. But if it's to try and take her out, he thinks that it might be a bit beyond his abilities and could be a bit of a suicide mission. Kalima is going to go with the, uh, you were told to come back alone. Um, yep. Not messing with that. <laughs> to each of them, he would promise to keep their counsel in mind to try and not let just his personal feelings completely override what's good for the world, but that he wasn't sure if he could ever truly forgive her. Okay. So you were told to return to the spot you first saw her. And as you arrive at the house, you open the door and step inside. The decrepit, somewhat well-kept home, slightly burnt with a shriveled-up rug in the Ankalab Heights, suddenly changes as the door closes behind you to a much warmer, well-lit room, fireplace roaring, and the familiar scene of Biagosto sitting across from you, a coffee table between you and her, and two cups on the table. As you approach, Bai smiles and says, Good. I am glad you accomplished all the parts of our deal. Now, you came to continue our conversation, and I promised to show you creatures the likes of which the world has yet to see. I want you to be very aware of something, Tor. I choose my words very carefully. At least I try to. Do you recall what I specifically said on this part of our deal? If you return to the spot where you first saw me, I would return you here where we could talk more about how we could work together. So be aware of something very important, little Tor. What did I not promise to do in this deal? At this, she kind of puts her teacup down and crosses her hands on her lap and stares right at you. Must be something important. I never promised to send you back. So, the conversation with Bai would continue. I assume Tor would work with her for some time, and what comes of that relationship will remain to be seen. All right. Kalima. With Antinua working to make sure that the ceremony remains safe, and then probably if there's extra time to start working in the lower districts to either help clean them up, or maybe even establish a temple or shrine of some sort to Kelimvor. You do discover in the Gold Petal Gardens district that there is a very, very small, it's as if someone just kind of like started putting it together, but a small shrine to Kelimvor. And a few people there are, are worshipping. It seems like it's people who have lost loved ones recently. But you can take some time and and work with a couple of people who, who are there and try and start to build that up a little bit. During your time in the, the low hills, trying to clean things up, making sure that uh, essentially law is kept even in this rougher part of the city. Occasionally you catch glimpses of uh, who could only be Vral keeping an eye on what you're doing and the comings and goings. But he keeps mostly to the shadows. It seems he does not have a particular interest of approaching you now. You don't get any sense that he's doing anything mischievous, but he's just he, being generally. You, you get the you get more of the impression that he's watching. Like it's a sense of someone watching over their territory. How often do I catch him? Like over the course of like three, four days. Like 
Over the course of three or four days, you see him twice. Just enough to be obnoxious. I would definitely make sure that I give him a dirty look at least one of the times. You would see just a smirk as he sinks back into the shadows. Oh, I hate him so much. About it. So you also are able to to take some time and the eventual ceremony to honor Thoven and all of you for your oh, recent events. No, thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't go if unless for I for any to. who wants to uh, <laughs> to come to it um, does happen. Yeah, Saria is going to, to pass as well. Daryl would go to it. You would like the record. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd pass. It's a lot of pass. That's basically what Tor's going to be doing. It's re- really a great way to get back at uh, certain elders in the Vesson <laughs> Kingdom who, uh, who who doubted him all this time. So, yep. long term. <laughs> well, one of the things she would definitely want to try to do is find out for sure uh, what happened to all the souls that were trapped to you know make sure that they were released and hopefully maybe that uh, Raelion's was not released and then you know, wherever her assignment sticker is kind of the the default. <laughs> so I'll say it won't it wouldn't take you long as there are certain cleric spells to allow you to speak to your deity, getting simple yes or no answers. And over the course of this time and studying the amulet with Daryl and trying to figure out if the souls were actually released and if Raleon's soul was just released out into the wild or destroyed or what happened to it, you do get responses from Kelimvor indicating that the souls did appear before his court for judgment, and Raleon's soul is gone. It was destroyed. Okay. Nice. As the amulet itself seemed to be what kept it intact. I would use the sending stones to relay this to our party. So celebration party? <laughs> Maybe I'll braid my hair. So... If the main focus after that would be to serve the Nephany and and her people, then over the years that follow, you would be sort of a liaison with Antinua between the Nephany and Orenthal. As you had already started uh, to build up the shrine to Kelimvor, uh, anytime you would visit, Kalima would go to, to the shrine and see how it's grown more and more. And the people of the temple, the concept that you try to push is... Death should not be something to fear. It is a natural part of life, and that it shouldn't be a, a frightening thing. To appear before the court of Kelimvor is just a, a part of the cycle of light. You continue to help out the Low Hills, and many times uh, the Nephany, being as secure as they are, wind up sending you on many different, more diplomatic missions. Uh, usually not just you, but you slowly rise through the ranks and eventually lead your own diplomatic groups as time passes, and you serve out your days helping your people within the Nephany by helping the other empires and those who are not in positions of power live a better life. Sweet! Daryl, short term over the next few days, what are your plans? I'll be head buried in the Academy Library trying to find what I can about intellect devourers and everything that we've faced thus far. And if there's gaps in the knowledge, I'd be trying to transcribe what we encountered for future scholars. It takes you quite a bit of time first to even find any information on intellect devourers. There are tiny little notes here and there. A lot of it seems like almost rantings and ravings of of the mad. People who have studied this 
strange realm and uh, abominations in general, there are bits and portions of information here and there of visions of humanoid entities with squid-like heads that consume the brains of their victims, gaining all of their knowledge and memories in the process. And the term that's written down in one of the, the tomes you read is illithid. The majority that you get from it is the fact that they consume the brains and, and knowledge, and they seem to have a different kind of, and, and they only use the term magic in quotes. They have abilities that whoever wrote about this did not understand, but it seemed mental in nature. Okay. But they produced effects that were similar to magic. I would be able to put one and one together and realize that it's the same kind of thing that uh, Saria has. Which it does imply her psionic abilities. So what Daryl would be trying to do is he would try and become like one of Thovin's apprentices and uh, train with him just to learn more about magic in general. He would at some point wouldn't mind moving into that Magus Tower because that looks like a pretty swank. Look pretty sweet. <laughs> pretty swank place to live. And then at yeah. some point in the future, he would want to see about starting his own, like, mage guild that has a focus on protecting the realm. Over the the following years, you first, of course, study the amulet with Kalima um, and try and study what you can of this, this far realm and of these abominations. When Thovin eventually makes it known that he intends to start an academy away from the other kingdoms uh, as its own separate area, you with the blessings of Zinevir and Zoxiara's academy, go with him. Initially learning from him, and occasionally, I would say, even joining Saria on a few of her uh, excursions to deal with the Whispered yeah, Ones. Oh yeah, they're, they're awful. It's no problem to come and kill a few. During your time, your grasp of magic and the weave and how it functions increases, and you learn much. Eventually, when you do return to Ornthal after going on many different quests of your own, studying and trying to understand magic and and how you can use it, you return to the court and request to be named the Royal Wizard of the Realm, which would entitle you to the Mage's Tower itself. After a display of what you can do and a display of your understanding of magic, you are eventually appointed as Daryl Mavis, Royal Wizard to the Vremer Empire. Oh yeah! Sweet! So I do have one other question for you then. Do you have a name for this mage guild you would like to start? The Staff Federation. Daryl's Mages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daryl's Mages. It's a play on Daryl Mavis, you see? You get it? You get it? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we'll say that... Daryl's uh, Mages. <laughs> over the time. <laughs> I love it. Working with the Garrickson, yep, you begin to build, uh, thanks to the academy also that Thoven started, you establish uh, ties and connections to other wizards across the land and try to form a guild. A guild specifically devoted to dealing with arcane threats across the realm to protect the realm itself considering the magnitude of the creatures that you had to deal with using what Thoven has taught you and what you have learned along the way build up this group to be an aid in the same way that the Nephany are to the rest of the realm and protect those from threats beyond the material plane 
And Daryl, you would live out your days as the royal wizard of the Vremor Empire. Sildan, what would you want to do? So short term, I would kind of at some point want to go talk to Captain Marsk and just see how she's doing, see if anything, like if she needs anything, um, kind of just talk about what happened and how it got a little bit heated, to say the least. And then uh, also kind of inquire about where she learned to fight like that. This is over the course of the next couple of days. Like you kind of, I figure you go and visit her and talk to her and you'll come back because mm-hmm. you get the impression she wouldn't tell you in just one sitting. After, after a couple days of, of meeting with her, she apologizes first for attacking you in the first place. She does explain that towards the end of her so-called training with Fulmar, they brought in someone. Uh, she doesn't know who. And she was trained to fight as a monk. And she was only just beginning to learn how to fight with a particular weapon. Considering your skill set, you eventually come to the realization that she was being taught to fight as a kensei. I'll thank her and yeah, just say, if you ever need anything from me, I'm, I'm more than willing to help you. You've always been kind to me and I want to make sure that you are okay. She does thank you. So I know we have to stick around because Thoven is getting to some sending stones and stuff's going on. I would say short term, I guess we're going to stay in the city a little bit. Try and because I know there's going to be a little bit of a, I don't want to say power vacuum, but since Captain Mark has been detained, mm-hmm. to say the least, there's going to be. She's need just a for, captain. Well, yeah, I know, but there's going to be other people that have, are filling in a role, right? So essentially, her, her duties uh, you do discover are given to Warmaster Jolana for the time being. Okay, I, I will I will try to assist in any way I can with with Warmaster, just any, trying to keep order, anything that needs to be done. And in spare time, I guess I'll keep out of Elsis, Atron, and Cha. Who is the most capable? Elsis. In that case, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna send Elsis and yeah, and Atra, Atron. I'm gonna send them back to the monastery. To check in, make sure everything's okay. I'll send back 20 gold worth of supplies to help with the, the monastery. In the meantime, I'm going to just keep Cha with me, kind of train her a little bit in my spare time. That's no problem. That's easy enough. A couple of times between all of you overall, there are some questions asked of you about Captain Marsk, a repetition of what actually happened and what you discovered. So they did ask you initially to, to stay in the city for a few days at least. Okay, so uh, I guess in sort of like immediacy, I would want to train my little ones is the big thing because i know there's gonna be a lot more of these conflicts coming on and i want them to be prepared <laughs> i would want to also continue my own training just because i know I, I know barrel and i spent a lot of time with them and i know he wouldn't want me to stop training myself he would want me to continue going on and eventually one day be better than him be stronger than him may, be able to make him his memory proud so I, I would, I would, I would want to keep doing that. I would like to continue if she's willing to train Captain Marsk. I know she's probably got a little bit more skill or as much skill as my my other trainees. Just continue working on that. Maybe she becomes a master in her own right, able to help any new recruits we can get. We want to make the monastery stronger again. So also, Vral, can I find him? <sighs> What do you intend to do? I just kind of want to find him and say, hey, if you have any sort of plan to try and take out the Whispered Ones, I'm in. And then, as for everybody in the party, I'm going to send them weekly messages. And if I don't hear from them in, like, a couple months or so, I'm going to be knocking on their door. Uh-huh. 
And then if anything happens with Captain Marsk, let it happen. <laughs> I will leave it at that. That's basically where I left it if with Thoven, too. If she seemed interested, would you pursue sure. anything? Over some of the many, many, many years yeah. Sildan has left in his life, you spend a good deal uh, of time at first training your little ones, trying to get them up to speed. You quickly realize that as much as you would want to continue working in Orenthal to make some money, adventuring makes more. And once your little ones get to a point where they can start to help train each other, I would say many times you go out with Saria to help her deal with the Whispered Ones. Join me. <laughs> Friends! Quest! You do return to Orenthal. You go to the Enclub Heights in the Low Hills districts. On one of your trips to the Enclub Heights, you do notice Vral hanging out where you saw him months before, <laughs> seeming to wait for you as he picks his nails clean with one of his daggers. And when you speak to him, he tells you that he has every intention of making sure the Whispered Ones never get a hold in Orenthal again. And if you want to help with that, he is more than happy to assist. But beyond okay. the city, he does not intend to travel. So Captain Mars does spend quite a bit of time at the monastery over the next few years when she's not adventuring with Saria. And you discover very quickly that while she is not as skilled as you are, as I can say, she is much more along the path than your little ones. And she's able to help you train them as you help to train her. What comes of that relationship over time Stuff will remain to be seen. Yeah! <laughs> That's why I didn't push for the Thoven stuff. I want to see how this plays out long term. <laughs> <laughs> but over the years that you, you help to train your little ones, your monastery grows, is rebuilt, and though you come across many different interesting magical weapons uh, on your travels... You never find away from your person the sword that Beryl once held. Aww. And your monastery continues to grow and grow. <laughs> did Adam yeah, just, just pass out from excitement? <laughs> that is all, guys. We're all still alive! Yay! I'm alive! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be precise about these things. And that is where we will end this campaign.